And with us, we have the wonderful Serena. Hi, Serena. For those people that don't know you, if you'd like to give us a little introduction, that would be fabulous. Yeah, sure. I'm actually still getting a little bit set up here. Um, I'm good. I hope you guys are good. I'm, uh, you guys have been up for a really long time doing this. So, um, so I'm Serena, and my name on Instagram is Serena.carnivore. Oops, sorry. Hang on. Sorry, my phone's going up here. Okay. Okay, sorry, there was some reverberation there. Um, so I do the Carnival Revolution YouTube channel and um, also Instagram page, and I just love doing interviews and talking to people. Do you want me to start with like my history and stuff? Is that where you want me to go here? Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, I started Carnivore. A little over two years ago, out of desperation, I have a post-COVID issue that makes things taste and smell rotten. It's called parosmia. And I was basically living on sugar at that point because it was the only thing that tasted and smelled good. And when I say that, I don't mean like, you know, I'm a spoiled brat and I want everything to taste good. I mean, like things tasted and smelled like a rotten skunk carcass. I mean, it was just the mo- one of the most horrible things ever. I was uh, throwing up all the time from the smell of things would make me nauseous. Um, and the only thing that didn't make me feel that way was sugar. So I was basically living on that and just obviously not feeling good. And um, fruits and vegetables tasted and smelled rotten. Peanut butter, garlic, onion. There were lots of things. Popcorn, coffee. There were lots of things I couldn't eat, but sugar, again, was fine. I could eat just a little bit of meat, but it was really random. And um, sometimes I couldn't do it. It was a really difficult time for me. I was crying all the time. I just did not feel good. I had I had started with you know maybe five pounds to lose, and now I was gaining weight from eating all the sugar. And I was in these Facebook groups where people were one end of the spectrum to the other. They were. Um, on feeding tubes in the hospital because they couldn't keep anything down or they were gaining weight. You know, they were up 50 pounds in six months because they couldn't eat, you know, healthy foods because all of those things taste and smelled rotten. So it was a really, really hard place to be. Um, And I come from a a history of eating disorders and disordered eating. I was bulimic for a long time. And then I was always on some sort of a diet, bought my first diet pills when I was 12. Um, And so I was used to eating certain things and not eating what everybody else was eating. I was used to being different, but this was a completely different thing um, for me. And so I started carnivore after my birthday weekend, I was turning 48 and my girls made me some gluten-free cupcakes because I'd been gluten-free for about 10 years. And I ate 20 cupcakes in 36 hours. And that was like hitting my rock bottom, like an alcoholic or a drug addict does. That's how it felt to me. And I woke up on Monday morning and said, I can't do this anymore. I got to, I got to figure out what I'm going to do. And I knew that I could eat like a New York strip fresh off the grill and a hamburger fresh off the grill, but I couldn't eat it if it had been refrigerated and then reheated. It was this really bizarre, some sort of chemical reaction. I don't know, but it smelled horrible to me. And so I just started eating those and just like dove in headfirst into research about how can I do this? Can I survive eating just like ribeyes and hamburgers? And of course, I thought I couldn't. Um, And that's how I started finding people like you guys um, and so many other people out there like Kelly Hogan and uh, Dr. Baker and Dr. Bear and all of those people just learning that I can not only can I eat like this and survive, but I can thrive like this. And so that's what I did. I started doing that. It was about six months in to eating that way that I realized that I was better. I had heard somebody talk about the difference between an abstainer and a moderator. I think it was Katie Kelly. I saw talking about that and I thought, oh my goodness, no wonder. It's, it wasn't just me. It wasn't just me. I'm not messed up. I'm not defective. Because that's what I thought all those years with all those extreme diets and um, the calorie counting and the restriction and the bulimia and the disordered eating and like all of those things. I thought that there was something wrong with me. And once I realized that I was just an abstainer. It was like, that was my light bulb moment. And I said, oh my goodness, I'm better. Because at this point it was six months in and I realized I don't binge anymore. I don't want sugar and sweets anymore. I don't even care about the cupcakes anymore. It was like something switched. And suddenly I realized that I was better and um, I wasn't crying anymore. And I wasn't anxious anymore. And my varicose veins were going away and I was sleeping really good at that point. And there were so many things that were coming to light for me after six months of doing this, things I didn't even really realize because I was so focused on the smell and taste thing that I didn't even realize that all of these other things were better. Um, And it's just amazing. And so, like I said, it's been a little bit over two years for me. It was about a year in, I decided I wanted to share my story and I wanted to help other people and, you know, any way that I could. And so here I am. 
Um, well, that's fabulous. Thank you very much for that. Um, and Richard, you've met Serena, haven't you? Yes. Hey again, Serena. How are you doing? You okay? Yes, we've met, unfortunately, not unfortunately, but um, I actually recorded Richard for an interview. And as we decided that we were done and I went to go hit the stop recording button, I realized I had never hit the start recording button. So we have to redo it. Oh, that's a shame, isn't it? I know. I know. And it was a so silly. fantastic interview as well, wasn't it? It was. Uh, I know yeah. it was. And, uh, yeah, oh, I thoroughly enjoyed that one. But yeah, we'll get that book back in. And we we did reschedule. Unfortunately, I had a meeting with either the solicitor or the accountant. Um, yeah, and we had to change, but we'll get that definitely book back yes. in. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed that one, and we'll get you on on my show as well if if that's that'd okay. Be, yeah, Fantastic. that'd be great. That'd be great. Brilliant stuff. Brilliant. Yeah. So what are we now? Sixteen hours in. Seventeen hours in. We uh, we're into our final. Um, seven hours now. Yes, you guys are so amazing. We, so we have done sixteen hours. That is crazy. No, uh, 17, you guys, seventeen hours. Yes, yeah. yeah. I have yeah. tuned in several times today to see different people on there, and every time you guys just looks still look fresh. That must be the ketones. You guys are burning so much fat. Oh, it's, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm. Uh, I'll be honest. It, 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 I am starting to flag ever so slightly. You know, I'm still still raring to go. Um, but yeah, it, uh, my mind isn't working, uh, as, as fast as it was earlier. Um, but yeah, we're still here. So it's, still it's 1am for you guys. So you have seven hours left, right? Yeah. Spot on. Yeah. Right? Well, uh, yeah, that's good. I mean, I, I would say, I mean, I've stood and Richard has sat and I think I might have a, a slight edge because I've stood. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I just it makes sure. you more energized. You know, you, yeah. if someone wants you to sing, you can't really sing when you're sitting down. It, well, you can, it's but it's much better to stand and, and deliver. So um, it might just be that. But I tell you what, Richard, I've got that seat behind me, and I have had a couple of <laughs> minutes on it. When you were talking to Bart, I was I sat, I sat on the seat, full transparency. So anyway, um we have a couple of uh, questions here. So, let's, shall we have a look at the question? Um, let's have a look at this first one here. For people that want to transition to carnivore diet but are not moderators, does it imply they are better off to switch cold turkey style? I think so. For me, um, that's what I did, and I am not a moderator. I've never eaten one Oreo cookie. I've probably never eaten one cupcake. Like, it's always since I was since I was young, it's always been – a thing for me that, you know, and, and I laughed about it, but I was never able to eat just one of something. And so if you're kind of like that and you know, for a fact that you are not a moderator, I do think probably cold Turkey is best because if you go slow, you're going to keep craving those things. You're going to keep craving those sugary things. And that's going to make a difference and make it not as easy for you to make the transition. Um, so I definitely think somebody should go cold Turkey. Now, with that being said, I do recommend somebody who is eating like a standard American diet that you do take a week or so, maybe two weeks to kind of limit your processed carbohydrates, your potatoes, your breads and stuff like that. And just eat um, like some lower carb vegetables, lower carb fruits for a week or two so that the transition may not be you know, like quite as hard, go ahead and fill up on fatty meats for that week or two, but eat the lower carb vegetables and maybe, you know, like blueberries and strawberries and maybe some blackberries and raspberries. Um, as you make that transition, I just think for a lot of people that makes the withdrawal symptoms from the carbs a little bit easier. Um, but if you get a few days into that and you're getting antsy and you feel like, you know, you want, I mean, there's always going to be a few days of car withdrawal that makes you think you need to go back to bread and you need to have potato or you need to have some sugar. But if you can fight that um, and you get three, four, five, six days in and you feel like those things are just making you want more of the same, you know, more sugar and things like that, then I'd say go ahead and cut it all out cold turkey, you know, only you know you. And so that does make a difference for some people, but feel free to reach out. You know, if you have any more questions, reach out to one of us um, if you need more advice there. But I definitely think if you're not a moderator, in most cases, it's easier just to jump in, but there will be lots of withdrawal symptoms if you jump right in. What do you think, Rich? Yeah, again, I think, you know, there's two types of people, step change and incremental change. Um, uh, 
I'm step change, which means I'm all or nothing. It's got to be black or white for me. Uh, a lot of the clients I work with seem to be incremental. Um, so again, it, it does depend on what type of person you are. I mean, we just spoke with Bart, who who says, uh, you know, we should increment it slowly, isn't it, from from keto to carnivore over over a few weeks. But again, if you're the type of person who can't do that and, and moderate things, then um, then that step change approach is probably the the better, better protocol. Um, you know, th- there is not one size fits all. And this is something we keep coming back to again. This is the recurring uh, topic, I think, isn't it? That um, we're all on our own journey. We have to do what works for us. It's all about sustainability, um, whatever it takes to keep uh, keep us on that straight and narrow. And uh, uh, you know, that that is the key to success, isn't it? Is is uh, is is uh, keeping that um, that sustainability. But yeah, that's uh, those are my thoughts. Yeah, so someone there singing your praises, uh, Serena. So tell us a little bit about how the carnival revolution works or how your car- your coaching has worked because there you go. She's saying it's very encouraging. How, does it, how do people contact you and, and what's the process? Um, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I'm glad that I am helping people. Um, so you can just message me. And also my uh, the link for my coaching is in my bio on Instagram. And you can always you know, um, comment on YouTube on one of the videos and I'll see it. I try to respond to all of the comments on YouTube and on Instagram. Um, but feel free to message me. Um, I do group coaching twice a week. Um, usually you sign up for an entire month of that. So like you would sign up for August now and the sessions are... Uh, Wednesday morning at 10, Wednesday evening at eight, I think I'd have to double check on that, but it is on the website. And so you can look that up and you can see, and we just get together that um, one time a week, you would either sign up for Wednesday morning or Wednesday evening. We would get together that one time a week and we would talk about your struggles. We would talk about getting started. We would talk about food ideas, recipe ideas, and things like that to just kind of get you on your journey and help you along the way. And we all have mess ups. Sometimes I have one lady that's been trying to get coaching with me. We did one. She paid for four individual sessions because she didn't want to do the group. And I can't get a hold of her. I knew she was having a hard time. I've tried to talk to her and she just won't answer. I knew that she was struggling. And um, and so I just keep reaching out to her because we all mess up. And it's important to know that everybody messes up and everybody needs help sometimes. And there's always somebody that you can reach out to. The carnivore community is so accepting of people and so helpful. Um, I was really surprised by that when I first started because you know you think you're new to this community. You have all these questions um, and people answer right away. Most of the time, everybody is always so encouraging. So if you ever have any questions or any problems, make sure you reach out to somebody. Um, but that's how my coaching works. We would sign up for um, Wednesday morning or Wednesday evening, and we would meet every Wednesday at whichever time for the whole month of August and just talk about those things with the group and share our struggles and stuff. It's brilliant. Yeah. And that's on Mighty Networks, isn't it? Did you say? the Yes. We've been using the Mighty Network, but I got to be honest, the Mighty Network is incredibly difficult to use. It is not an easy, um, it took me a month. It took me something like 16 hours to get one page up and running on there. And so we've kind of drifted away from, we still have the free Mighty Network, but we're not doing the paid versions of the coaching in there anymore. So we're still on there. It works kind of like Facebook does. You can go in and you can post things that's still free and that's still there for the community, but the coaching will just be on zoom and the communication will happen um, in a Facebook group there. Yeah. That's cool. Um, Rich, do you have any questions from uh, your chat the other day? Was there something you wanted to pick up on a little bit? Um. My goodness, it was so long ago, and we've spoken to so many people today. You're 20, 20 odd hours in. My, my mind is that That's your dog? Oh, yeah, I thought maybe it was Stephen. Uh, I can yeah. mute it, but then you won't be able to hear me. She'll stop in just a minute. My husband's home from work. I was going to say that uh, <laughs> one hell of an alarm system, isn't it? <laughs> the German Shepherd, she is so loud, she's so barky. Um, well, I'll tell you that, um, I am doing 75 hard, um, which I completed. Um, I completed the original 75 hard program and then moved on to the live hard program that comes after that 75 hard is a mental toughness challenge that people usually think is an exercise challenge, but it's not. I mean, you have to do two 45 minute workouts a day and one has to be outside. They can just be walks. They can be whatever you want them to be. And I completed that and moved on to the phase one program of the live hard program, which is all of those tasks plus some other tasks that you have to do. And I got to day 29 and only had my gratitude journal and my Bible reading to do. And I came upstairs to bed and I did my Bible reading and I put my phone on to charge 
and went to bed and woke up at eight o'clock the next morning, seven o'clock the next morning and realized I had forgotten to do my gratitude journal on day 29. So I woke up on the very last day realizing I had messed up the day before and I had to come clean and start over because if you miss even one thing. So my gratitude journal literally is today I'm grateful for one, two, three things that takes me, could take me 15 seconds if I use Siri, you know, and I messed up and had to start over. And so I'm on day nine of that again and threw my back out yesterday. I am not, I'm not starting over, guys. I am not starting over again. So I basically crawled back and forth in my driveway. Not really crawled, but I walked at a snail's pace back and forth in my driveway for 45 minutes before we started this, like literally at a snail's pace, like a tenth of the speed I usually walk um, just to be able to get that 45 minutes in because I said I was going to do it and I feel like I have to do it but my back is killing me. It's like, you know, like it gets, like you feel like it's about to get stuck. Like whichever way you move, you feel like it's going to get stuck. I'd like to say I I heard it do like, you know, doing a PR and deadlifts or something, but that's not what happened. I was getting out of shower when it happened yesterday. And so uh, my back's killing me. Any suggestions? A rest I would usually uh, suggest, but I don't think that's an option for you at the moment, is it? it uh, unfortunately, have you ever tried uh, keto carnivore? It's really good for uh, <laughs> information. <laughs> it, uh, Absolutely, maybe I'll try that. I'm gonna when we're done, I'm gonna go down and do some. A friend of mine that's a PT gave me some stretches to do, so I'm gonna go down and do those and ice it when we're done. It just is killing me. And I had two really busy days too, yesterday and today, and so you know, kind of holding my breath all day where you're afraid you're gonna move it wrong just crazy so yeah that stinks so where where is it hurting right at the base of your spine yeah um yeah it's not really my spine though it's like both sides of of my spine real low on my back all oh, right okay yes well it's difficult actually to, to give you advice online yeah, so i know um right let's have a look here what have we got here somebody actually saying that they've done the 75 hard unofficially oh, mike. i know mike yeah wow. yeah good um I'm not overly keen on drinking six liters of water per day. Is that something that you you prescribe, is it? Um, well, the 75 hard challenge is a gallon of water a day. Um, and in the beginning, I hadn't used electrolytes in a year. And that's just one of the things. You have to take a progress picture, do the two workouts. One has to be outside regardless of weather. Um, and then you have to read 10 pages of a nonfiction book. Mm. follow a diet and no alcohol. I think those are, I think those are the things in the original 75 hard um, program. So for me, I hadn't used electrolytes in more than a year. Um, and I started 75 hard. I usually drink about three quarts of water and I started 75 hard in like two weeks in, I thought I was dying. I was like, I didn't think I could get out of bed. I was just, I was so weak. Um, and my friend Olivia, who you guys know said, um, it sounds like electrolytes. And I was like, really good point. Cause I'm not used to drinking a whole gallon of water and I added the electrolytes in and it was uh, completely, completely better. So yeah, I think with the electrolytes, a gallon is doable. Um, especially since we're working out twice a day, I think it's doable. Uh, Jen says, yeah, Jen, that's who gave me my workout. That's who gave me my stretches yesterday. Jen is a um, doctor of physical therapy. She's uh, one of my dear friends. It's 3.8 liters, not six, she says to my. Yeah, I was going to say six seems ever such a lot. Yeah. Um, yes. So we've got somebody giving you a little bit of advice, but I think Richard be reaching to it. Cut out carbs, no more pain, no more back issues. So, yes, I think that's pretty good. That's if right. you were to um, sum up what you know, we had a question earlier and it made everybody laugh because most questions are really long. Uh, They just said, why carnivore? So if someone said that to you, what would you say? Um, I would say, you know, to ask me about all of the benefits that I have from being a carnivore and from being on a low carb diet. And then I would send them to all of my other friends who I would send them to you guys. I would send them to Jen. I would send them to Kelly Hogan. I would say, check out all of these people. And these are the benefits that they have gotten. So I don't need scientific studies. You know what I mean? I am my scientific study. I think if you're, if, if you're somebody who has tried everything like I had to figure out, you know, my weight and my body composition. And just at 48 years old, I was getting out of bed and I was a little bit stiff and my joints would hurt a little bit. And I just thought that's what being 48 was. I thought this is what happens as you get older. And so I would say, if you're one of those people and you've tried all of these different things and you've tried supplements and you've tried every diet you can think of to lose weight or get the body composition that you want or to heal your whatever, whatever it is, autoimmune conditions, you know, whatever your issue is, arthritis, um, irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, whatever your issue is, if you've literally tried everything, what have you got to lose? Try it for 30 days and see how you feel. And then let's talk about it. 
you know, because I think asking all of the questions to somebody who's already doing it, like me, who has had great success, my answer is going to be carnivore for just about anything that any kind of issue somebody has, because I have seen it help so many people with so many different issues. So my response is always going to be carnivore for 30 days because it has made such a huge impact on me. Just like if somebody goes to the store and they buy a shirt and you see them, and you say, oh, I love your shirt. And they say, oh, I got it at TJ Maxx. Well, I'm going to go to TJ Maxx and I'm going to look at the clothes, right? But if I tell somebody I'm doing carnivore and this is what's healed, they're always like, oh, where's your scientific evidence? You know, it's always like, they'll, you know, you'll, you'll take people's advice for little things, right? Or if, if I made this delicious coffee that I loved with all these artificial things in it, and I took it around and let people taste it and they loved it, nobody would ask me for a scientific thing, right? Nobody's going to McDonald's when they're serving shamrock shakes and asking them for the scientific evidence that it doesn't hurt them, right? But as soon as you tell somebody to cut out all of that stuff and eat really good, healthy foods, they freak out like, where's the evidence. Well, I'm the evidence. Richard's the evidence. Stephen is the evidence, right? I mean, all of these people are the evidence that we need to see it and to see the difference that it has made in people's lives. Um, And so why carnivore is what have you got to lose? Just try it and see how you feel. 30 days of anything isn't going to, isn't going to hurt you. If I told somebody to juice for 30 days, they would automatically think that's healthy. But when I tell them to eat meat for 30 days, they freak out like that doesn't seem right, but that's the plant-based agenda. That's what we've been hearing for multiple years now. And butter is bad. Red meat is bad. It's going to cause heart disease and how people think it causes diabetes. I will never understand, but you will go out and try all of these other things and think that it's fine. But if I tell you to just eat meat, you're going to push back on it, you know, but give it 30 days and see how it makes you feel. Because I think you'll be surprised it 30 days is enough. 30 days is enough to get the withdrawals out of your system and to start to feel really, really good. Richard, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, no, I think that, that nails it in a nutshell, doesn't it? it um, I mean, we, we we made a comment earlier um, when we were looking at the guests who were on the show. Everyone looks incredibly fit and healthy. Um, not, there's not one obese person that has been on to speak. Um, you know, we can't say that amongst any other community, really, can we? Uh, you know, the second you look outside of that door, uh, most people look unhealthy or they're overweight. They carry a little bit of central adiposity. Everyone that's been on the show looks vibrant they look healthy yes Stephen and i probably a little bit worse aware you know 20 something i was in but i mean uh you know coming back to a point that Stephen made earlier i could not do this on carbohydrate um i i had three hours sleep last night um you know so this is my goodness uh, and i've got to work tomorrow so i mean uh, Stephen will be going to bed just after eight so i i've got to, <laughs> i'm gonna do another shift um no, I could not do this on carbohydrate. The lifestyle is self-evident, uh, and we are we are we are that that, uh, that scientific paper. We are um, uh, you know the results of, of living the lifestyle. Every one of us has got an incredible journey, um, and it's not just something small. These are massive things, and we're not talking just weight loss. We're talking reversal of diabetes. We're talking um, you know curbing and combating migraines, debilitating daily migraines, chronic fatigue, depression, anxiety. Uh, people with cancers and tumors um, and I'm not saying this as medical advice you know that, that, that this is going to do that but obviously we can't give that medical advice but these are the circles that we work in these are the stories that we that we are hearing within the community day on day um, so yeah I mean you know th- 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 why carnivore well wh- as you say why not you know l- let's flip it around because the benefits um, it, 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 we almost sound like a broken record and Stephen and I were speaking recently in regards to why some of the influencers within the community seem to be, be veering away from uh, carnivore or maybe having uh, changing their opinions in, in, in certain regards. Um, this may be genuine. Um, sometimes, you know, I, I do question whether it is financially based in regards to views and keeping people entertained because there's only so many times that you could tell someone to go and eat a steak. You know, I've got this problem. What's the answer? Go and eat a steak. You know, um, I'm suffering with advanced polycystic kidney disease, going to steak. I'm type two diabetic, going to steak. You know, it's the same message that we are, we are, we are, we are, we are, we are, you know, touting, but it is as simple as that, isn't it? it diet um, is responsible for all of these, at least predominantly these issues and conditions that we are suffering from. And it is, it is as simple as that. Living a lifestyle that is devoid of anti-nutrients, eating foods that are highly nutrient-dense, uh, avoiding these processed foods, these grains high in lectins, these vegetable oils high in oxidized omega-6, um, 
you know, it, it is that same drum, and, and I hate to keep beating it, but this, this is the answer. It, uh, it It's almost like the magic elixir, but when you tell someone that, as you say, you tell them to go on a juice diet for a month, which is high, massively high in oxalates, which which could kill you. Uh, I mean, to put that into perspective, I used to do juicing. Uh, I used to use, I used to do my smoothies. I would put a pack of spinach into a smoothie every day, along with my turmeric and black pepper to block the absorption. Um or to increase the absorption even. Uh, you know, these, these oxalates can kill us at 5,000 milligrams. At standard, a pack of spinach contains around 1,500 milligrams. But what do we do? We add turmeric, which is more oxalates, and we add the black pepper, which blocks... And the kale. Transfers. Don't forget and the kale. kale. And the kale. Uh, yet, you tell somebody to do that, uh, they wouldn't bat an eye. You tell them to go and eat red meat. My goodness, what about cancer uh, and all of these other issues? And it baffles me, but... You know, you've hit the nail right on the head. We we are uh, the product of, of living this lifestyle. Um, and I'm proud to be part of that product and, and, and the movement. Yeah. And if you guys, if for the people watching, if you are confused about it and we're answering your why carnivore and you disagree with that, go ahead and get Nina Teichelt's book, The Big Fat Surprise, and it will blow you away. Ansel Keys, look up Ansel Keys. He's the scientist that originally said he thought fat made you fat and caused heart disease. And later on, um, they had all kinds of evidence that he was wrong. And, um, you know, he made his mark on history, though, and left a very, very sick world um, from all of the people in civilized countries that follow the advice that he came up with. Um, and I read somewhere, and I, this hasn't been confirmed, but I did read somewhere that later on, he actually said at one point, maybe I was wrong. But it was way too late at that point. The nutritional, the food pyramid had already been created. I mean, it was too late. And I want to show you guys that um, if you go to my uh, Instagram page and you see one of the first posts that I have pinned is this before and after of me. Let me get it where you can see it. So this is this is backwards. I'm having a hard time pointing. This is me on lots of vegetables, very few fruits and lean meats. I probably hadn't had, hadn't had hamburger in a year. And this is me a year on carnivore. I actually weighed more in this after picture than I did in this picture. Um, and this is just inflammation. That is the biggest difference because I actually weigh more in the more current, more recent picture. Um, that's what inflammation can do. It can make you look like a different person. So that, this, this is why carnivore. If you're wondering why carnivore, this is why. I can't get it. It's all washed out now. Um, but that's why. I mean, that's that's the difference that it can make in just inflammation. That's not even weight loss. And I don't even look at the same person. And that I had no idea how swollen my face was and how inflamed my body was just from all the vegetables that I was eating that I thought were so good for me. Oh, that's a good one. So this is me. So that is, that's what it's done to me. So clinically obese, type 2 diabetic, daily debilitating migraines, chronic fatigue, arthritic pains, depression, anxiety. 12 months later, the, the picture wasn't 12 months. The picture was four to five years, but I like the picture, so I've used it. But um, 107 pound fat loss in 12 months, reversal of diabetes, migraine-free, full of energy, pain-free, depression, anxiety-free. This is what it's done to me. And I am not genetically gifted because this was my father. Um, this is where I came from. And as you can see, you know, this was the way that I was heading, but I changed the foods that I'm consuming and I managed to achieve uh, you know, British, uh, a European championship at a professional level from being unable to walk up my stairs uh, and being clinically obese. And I put three stone on top of this as well. So this wasn't me at, at, at my biggest either. Um, I put three stone on top of this, but as many do within the community, you know, we, um, uh, we don't like the way we look. I didn't have any pictures taken after it, but yeah, that's what the lifestyle has done to me. Uh, that that may put an awful lot of people off, uh, but I did that. I did that for a reason to show how far we can push uh, the diet and lifestyle, and what what it can do uh, when we decide to push to extremities. Um, and it's through creating these ripples, I think, that we will, um, uh, you know, we we will make the difference. Isn't it? But yeah, two perfect examples there of of how quite literally changing the food we eat. Uh, effects uh, health, well-being, and, and body composition. Uh, and I know body composition seems to be um, uh, a vanity thing, but it isn't. You know, because if we if we think we look good, then we feel good. You know, if we look good, we feel good. Um, and, and that's what it's done for me. 
Yeah. And the food we eat affects every single cell in our body. So when you eat a Pop-Tart, how do you think that affects your cells? Right. I mean, the, it's the nutrition. It's like putting the wrong gas in your car. And people think that is so cliche, but it's true. Um, if you put the wrong kind of gas in your car, then you get the wrong response that then, you know, that you want. And it's the same way with our food. If we put those kinds of foods in our body, that's what we get out of our body. And if we put all natural whole foods, heavy meat, high fat, which every cell in our body also needs, every cell needs the cholesterol every cell needs the fat our brain runs on cholesterol and people just don't see it they'd rather have a pop tart or a piece of cake yeah so since starting keto then carnivore was able to get off all heart meds that's awesome that's amazing it's a very good very good so that's why carnivore too right absolutely i mean it's just it's endless isn't it the benefits it is so um um, your PT has entered the room. She's going to uh, tell you off. No, she's not. <laughs> I can't believe you're not doing your exercises right now, Serena. I did it. Did you not hear me? I did it before. You no, should have seen me walking. In my, look at my story from earlier and how slow I was walking in my driveway. I was like, literally... <gasps> No, I did. I heard you. And I'm so proud of you because I know this means a lot to you with Live Hard and 75 Hard. And I've been able to sort of walk alongside Serena for that whole thing. And that's been a blessing to me. Well, she has been a blessing to me. Let me tell you the messages that I have left her. We're talking like I would be outside walking in the rain, crying, sending Jen voice messages like, I just don't think I could do it today. It's too hard and it's raining. And and then the day, remember the day I was trying to get help with the Mighty Network and I had to come inside and take a call real quick from the Mighty Network people. And I thought I'd go right back out. I had already done 30 minutes and I thought I'll just go out and finish it. And I went out and did like 15 more minutes while talking to Jen. And she said, you have to start over. And I had to go back in and talk to the Mighty Network people again. And then I had to go back out and do another 45 minutes. And that was still just my first workout. I had to do a whole nother one after that. But the amount of times I left Jen messages crying, telling her I didn't think I could do it today. And she was so good about it. She's what kept me going. So Serena, thank you for your half hour. That's fabulous. Thank Um, you guys. So we're going to boot you out of the room now and you're going to pass the baton to Jennifer, who's going to... Good to see you, Jen. Love you Serena, guys. Thank you. We'll be in touch to reorganize that podcast Absolutely. as well. So I'll reach out to you soon. But thanks for coming on. Be the pleasure. Absolutely. Again. Thank you guys. Thank you very much. Cheers. See you. Bye. Hey there, Jennifer. I'm here. And nice to meet you, Richard. We haven't met. Yes. So it's really nice, nice to meet to... you too. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for coming on board. Uh, you look uh, awfully bright eyed and bushy tailed there, which is more than I can say for Stephen and myself. But uh... <laughs> I haven't been at this for 17 hours or something like that. What, what are we on now, Stephen? Uh, 17 hours, 32 minutes, please count. (laughs) (laughs) Jennifer, yes, introduce yourself to the people watching. Yes, so my name is Jennifer Geisert. I am a doctor of physical therapy, which is why I was kind of giving Serena some grief about her back. Um, I I work in a hospital setting. Um, I just worked today and had an interesting day when it comes to what people are eating, though that is not my job, right? It's not to advise on nutrition, but it's just incredible what I see. Um, And I've been carnivore for a year and a half. I first started this lifestyle because of some really, really bad autoimmune issues that I was dealing with. I had um, psoriasis and vasculitis and believe me, it was like as bad as it gets. And I also had a binge eating disorder for 20 plus years. So all of those things have resolved on this diet. And so now I'm the weirdo who only eats meat and eggs. Well, that's good, isn't it? I mean, um, that's a, a nice little short, Tracy. Uh, I'm going to just say your Instagram, by the way, which I just flashed up on the screen, um, is brilliant. I, I do like your content. I know a few people don't like you dressing up as Santa Claus in July. <laughs> I have spotted <laughs> some people don't see the humor in it, but I do. I think it's fab. Um, you've not met Richard before. Correct. I mean, I think we follow each other, but that's about it. Yeah, right. Okay, that's cool. Um, Richard, you got any questions for a carnivore PT? Um, yeah, I mean, so you've been a carnivore for a year and a half. What was um, the, the kick that managed um, or, or that catalyst that, uh, that drove you into becoming full carnivore? Because Were you ketogenic prior to that? Low carb had- or... 
I had been keto on and off for a few years before carnivore. And, um, but it was not helping me at all with my skin issues, my autoimmune skin issues. It was helping me to manage my weight. Um, but I had been such a bad binge eater that even on keto, you know, I would start with a keto treat here and there, and then it would just be full blown all the, all the sugar, not keto at all. And I would just binge like that every few days. And then I would be really strict with my keto diet and I'd drop a little bit of weight and then I'd just binge. So it was just constant up and down, gaining 10 to 20 pounds most months probably. But um, then I, I've had psoriasis since I was seven years old. And in my mid thirties, I went on an autoimmune, um, like an immunosuppressant for it. And as soon as I went on that, I just had one health issue after another, starting with a chronic strep throat that I had for about six months. And then it got really bad. Then I had to take all these medications for it. And then I ended up with vasculitis. Like when I tell you my body exploded, I'm not kidding. My whole body was like an explosion of vasculitis. And I was in the hospital for a few days. And then I kind of got over that a little bit. And then a few months later, my psoriasis was like, a hundred times worse than it had ever been all of my life. And I was still on this medication that was supposed to be clearing it, which it had, it was completely clear, but then it caused one health issue after another. And so, um, I was just fed up at that point. Like what the heck I've been through one medical thing after another for now a calendar year. No one can help me. I've seen so many doctors. All they want to do is give me one prescription after another and just tell me like, sorry, it's bad luck. You just happen to have this autoimmune stuff. When you have one autoimmune thing, you're likely to have another, you know, see you next month when you come back for your, your refill. And so I went to see a naturopath thinking maybe there's something that can be done. Somebody can help me. I like, I just hadn't lost hope yet, you know? And, um, it was actually in the naturopath's nutritionist that told me about carnivore. And so, you know, that was a weird appointment. Like I was not expecting to hear her say, you should try an elimination diet and only eat meat for a while. But she did say that. And she also mentioned people like Michaela Peterson and Kelly Hogan. And so I left there and looked them up and was incredibly encouraged for the first time in a long time, which I really needed because it had been a hard year. And uh, that's kind of how, how I got down this path. And then you became the weirdo that only eats meat and eggs. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. And, and that just adds more weight to the fact that, um, you know, it's not one diet suits all, is it? You know, um, being ketogenic is a fantastic step in the right direction. Uh, and for most people, that is plenty enough. But it's this um, consumption sometimes of, of those lectins from some of the keto treats or from some of the, the so-called keto-friendly foods. You know, we keep coming back to tomatoes, bell peppers and onions and things that contain these lectins, which are causing this intestinal permeability or the casein from milk. Um, and in some cases, especially autoimmune, it's only going uh, the full hog, isn't it? And becoming carnivore, do we see a complete resolution? And have you in, indeed seen a complete resolution of, of all of those problems now? Or do you still suffer with, with any at all? Or is it just a case that you, you're able to, to maintain and, and manage them? Well, with my skin conditions, a complete resolution, and I've been off all my medications for nine months, which is just baffling to me. When it comes to my binge eating, um, I never even thought this would help my binge eating. That was just a surprise. But I will say, if I were to have cake right now, I'm not sure that I wouldn't go back to binge eating. So it's, I, I don't know that I'm like cured of that, but that's certainly managed because I no longer eat anything that triggers any kind of urges. And what you were saying about some, like, I, I, I think maybe kind of what you were insinuating is that some people probably do fine on just a regular old keto diet. But for someone like me with two things that I think it didn't work for me, one is the binge eating and one is the autoimmune. I think there were just too many foods in there that were still too triggering for me from the sweet tooth perspective. And so I could not stop binging. And then also foods with these anti-nutrients and such that um, just would not allow my skin to heal. So I'm not saying that no one with an autoimmune disorder or no one with binge eating can succeed on keto. I think probably they can, but it just wasn't the right thing for me. However, had I not been trying to do keto already for a few years on and off, I don't know if I would have been so successful with carnivore because it would have been such a switch from what I had been doing. 
So, you know, it's hard to say. This is just the path that I went down and what worked for me. Yeah. And again, that seems to be uh, the, the general story, isn't it? That this, uh, you know, movement or segue into into becoming carnivore almost sees this this complete resolution. And we keep coming back to, to food addiction constantly, don't we? And again, just to reiterate a point that uh, we did with um, uh, you know, Dr. Unwins, the Unwins plural, um, you know, it, food addiction is not a recognized illness in the US or the UK. Uh, you know, we know uh, gambling addiction, uh, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, but there is no food addiction. And again, this this um, this addiction to, to binge eating. You know, I've been there. Uh, I think uh, I don't know if you were online earlier. I think you may have nipped to to, to the loo, Stephen. But I I, I think uh, I probably um, released a little bit of information. I, I don't think I've told anybody online before in, in regards to to when I was clinically obese. You know, I used to make myself sick. Uh, mm-hmm. Trying to lose weight, um, you know, and and that's uh, you, you you hear about that around the, the female community, but not many uh, men, I, I think, are, are open in in admitting that. But that's the kind of position that I was in. Um, I was so addicted to food that I would stuff my face, you know, with all of these pop tarts and whatever else it was, and I would rather make myself sick you know, so I could eat them again. Uh, food addiction is a real thing. Um, and it comes back, you know, to, to, I don't want to keep going over the same thing again. But again, it is a different audience, I'm guessing, now compared to when we mentioned earlier. But, you know, the effect on dopamine and the catecholaminergic neurotransmitters in the brain and, and how, um, you know, certain foods that we consume and don't consume affect the absorption uh, of, of those neurotransmitters or, the, or the, the cofactors involved with creating those neurotransmitters. Um you know, this food addiction thing is a real thing. And I think, you know, that's something that needs to be addressed uh, more and more because it's something that we don't talk about. Um, so that's a big factor for me. You know, have you ever been addicted to food in that sense, Steve? Um, no, I haven't. I like food. I mean, that, that that's... I love food. <laughs> yeah. well, there are some carnivores that will say uh, food is not entertainment. Uh, it's just nutrients. And I get that too. If that helps them... To, to get where they want to be. I actually enjoy food. I, I I like sitting down. I like looking at food and thinking that looks great. I like eating it. But I think the you know the the carb addiction is 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 pretty strong with many people and I am the same. I think well Jen looked to the left and she said she was going to eat something. If she ate something she might go back. Well my thing would be something like cheesecake or something, you know, but but you know um we don't do it. That's the thing. We keep away from it because we know it, it. We know that that's the bad path. And but it is difficult when you're addicted. I have been asked to ask Jen something in particular. I think she's going to laugh because there must be there must be something funny about this. Uh-oh. Ask Jen about a dog's diet. Oh yeah, my dog's a carnivore too. I have a Doberman, and she was having some health issues about a year ago, and uh, the. A similar thing, you know, going to the vet multiple times and kind of just getting the same answer. So I was like, forget it. I'm just putting her on an all meat diet too. And so believe me, she's never been happier. She eats ground beef and chicken legs and liver and eggs and loves me more than she's ever loved me. Great. Uh, My dog is a raw carnivore as well. Um, One of the questions that was submitted online um, for another guest, actually, but I think it's a really um apt question to ask you what's the most common problem that people encounter with this way of eating in your opinion hmm i think okay one that i see a lot is this sort of self-pity where they're like well i can't why can't i just be normal and why can't i just have the things that other people can have and coming at it from that mindset just sort of sets you up to fail because instead of seeing it as like I actually see my my skin conditions as a blessing. My body is telling me what I should and shouldn't put into it. And not many people have that blessing. They don't have those signals. So I just feel lucky to be able to say, okay, I'm going to choose to eat these things because I, I can actually know exactly how to be my most healthy self. And so for somebody who's maybe struggling with an eating disorder or a skin condition or mental health problems or whatever diabetes, like they actually have this winning tool that's going to make them feel so much better and potentially reverse this issue. 
just by changing their diet and they get to choose to do that. And so, yeah, I think it's just the, the, the mindset, getting the right mindset that if you don't have it, it's pretty hard to succeed on something so restrictive. But if you do have it, you can just recognize how lucky you are. I think, I think, yeah, I think social situations and being accepted, going, just going out with a group of people and not being the weirdo, which is what I am, you know, and I've had that. I had that clearly said by somebody in a restaurant, he's the weirdo <laughs> as soon as the server came over. But I think if you do it with a smile on your face and you see that, you know, it's funny, rather than get het up and angry, I think that's the way to, to cope with it, really. So do you track, I mean, earlier on, there was a big hoo-ha because one of our people talked about uh, calories. I mean, do you track macros? Do you track calories? How do you set your, your day up? I have at times, depending on what particular goals I was trying to work toward at that moment. But generally, no, Um, I just I typically eat two to three meals a day and I just try to eat basically until I'm full. My dog's here. I don't you probably can't see her, but uh, (laughs) my little carnivore dog. Um, But yeah, I just I, I still, you know, I have that history of disordered eating. So if I try to restrict too much with calories or my feeding window or whatever, or if I'm just paying too close of attention to it all, it just seems to sort of get my mind back on this obsessing over food thing. So I just know that I'm better off when I'm paying less attention and I'm kind of just going by my hunger cues, which is not always easy. But I have learned recently that if I just don't snack at all, only meals, then it's not so hard. Yeah, I think being intuitive is the best thing, isn't it? And I think we get to know it. Here's a question which may not be uh, pertinent to you, but we'll we'll see it. Um, Experienced coaches, what's the best way to get into coaching? I'm almost four years carnivore, student of health for years. I'd like to get into helping more people and I want to do it right. Do you have any views, Jen? I do. I think the first thing is just get a little group following you and give them free advice. So if that's starting an Instagram page or YouTube or whatever, just offering this advice is going to attract your people to you, the people that need to hear your message. And then they're going to start asking more questions and you're going to have more sort of fuel in the tank of like these, this, I guess more tools in the toolbox of these are the questions that people have. So I'm going to start providing that information. Well, then as people begin to know, like, and trust you, they're going to really want your um, opinion on, on things. And they're going to start DMing you and asking to work with you one-on-one. And as soon as that happens, I mean, that may just be a couple of months. You can start coaching. You could do one-on-one or group coaching or whatever. And of course it's going to start small, but I think that's the best way of just building genuine relationships. What about you, Rich? What would you say? In regards to coaching? Yeah, Hmm. I I guess. I mean, how did I start? Um, Changed my life. Found a secret. Wanted to tell the world about my secret. Um, you know, and I'd probably get ostracized the same way that you do. I'm the weirdo that uh, you know only eats meat, eggs, fish, and cheese. Um, and when I go to the restaurant, I'm the one that doesn't want my food cooked in in seed oils. Uh, but I like that. I think it's good to be you know to, to stand out. But um, yeah, I began giving free advice to friends and family. They saw the, the volume of weight that I lost, and I know this, this isn't about weight loss, but Unfortunately, this is what people see, isn't it? They, they notice that, that, you know, you've lost an incredible amount of weight. Um, they don't look at you and think that, you know, you look incredibly healthy. It's look at the weight you've lost. Um, so people, friends and family approached me in regards to that. Um, I began helping them for free. Uh, and then I, I, I began coaching for free. Uh, I retrained as a nutritionist, although everything that they taught me was incorrect. It was uh, a hoop that I had to jump through in order to get my certification, um, which isn't worth the paper that it's printed on. Um, but, you know, one of the things that the tutor said to me when when uh, I qualified was that part of being a nutritionist is staying up to date with modern research. And this person was, um, uh, was well up on uh, – she understood that I was ketogenic – uh, and she was well for that. Uh, despite teaching me incorrectly, you know, she understood about real nutrition and uh, encouraged me to to further uh, educate myself in regards to, to you know to, to the lifestyle of being ketogenic and not so much carnivore, uh, but the effect of, of high carbohydrate. Um, 
uh, on insulin resistance and uh, and understanding that all carbohydrates is sugar and and that's a common thing that I most people I think most people don't understand carbohydrates is sugar um, you know they are one and the same we shouldn't differentiate but I um, yeah that's how I began it was it pretty much as, as as you said you know I started an Instagram I was never on Facebook until I started coaching um, I had a Facebook account but I never posted on there uh, I began posting. Um, yeah, still not very popular on there to, the, to this day, but still, <laughs> still I, I do try. But it, as you say, it's it's working with um, with like minded people doing things like this, isn't it? You know, um, you know that uh, Jeremiah the first start there now is putting that comment on um, networking again with, with like minded people. Start teaching people things that you have um, you have learned and lead by example. If you are the picture of health, people will want to learn your secrets and they will begin to understand. Uh, and believe in what you're saying is this authority and trust, isn't it? Um, if, if I was still clinically obese, people would not listen to me. Um, you know, if I go to, the, uh, to, to, to a gym looking for a gym instructor and there's two instructors there, if one is in, in incredible shape and the other is overweight, which one are you going to take advice from? Now, the advice could be equal from, from both of them. But you're going to go with the one who's in shape because that is the one that appears to be practicing what they preach. If you go to a dentist and one has perfect teeth, which you know and the other doesn't which one are you going to go to and, and this is why i believe that we are the product of, of you know of what we're preaching um so you know that that's incredibly important as well practice what you preach uh, and be you know the picture of health and, and as i said earlier everyone that's been on uh, this show in the last 20 odd hours has been a picture of health um and again you know i'm probably weighing more than Stephen now but yeah it uh, you know we did look bright-eyed and bushy-tailed when we began 20 odd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've got a, got a question here from someone called Robert Kiltz, MD, which sounds like an American cop show, doesn't it? Or mm. something like that. Robert Kiltz, MD. Uh, Jane, how important is it to feed our dogs and cats a meat-based diet? Well, I think it's really important because I think you can argue even more with dogs, for example, and cats, that they should be eating meat even more than humans. I mean, of course, we all think humans should be too, but that's up for debate amongst the general population. But dogs, I mean, in the wild, they would be eating meat. So I don't I don't even understand why people have any suggestion otherwise. Um, obviously, they love it. Uh, I think that so many of the health problems that the dogs I've always had so many of their problems are from eating the chemicals in their kibble and the even just plants. Like, why are they in there? Why does my dog need to eat peas? I just don't understand it. Um, Rich, have you got pets? Not anymore. Uh, I've had dogs and pets all my life. Um, currently, I don't have any. Unfortunately, um, yeah, I'm, too, I'm too busy with work. I'm, I'm working 18 hour days, seven days a week. Uh, I did have um, a Siberian Husky uh, as a pup, and I, I took the decision to, to to pass him on to, to a loving family that had the time to look after him because um, being a Siberian Husky, they're, they're a pulling animal. Uh, they need to be walked, and, and they need the attention that they, they deserve, and, and I didn't have that to give. Um, I haven't had a day off work in, in seven years, over seven years, believe it or not, Um uh, well overdue some time off, I think. Uh, but yeah, I just didn't feel that it was it was fair to to keep to keep him cooped up. He, he had a, a massive garden to run around in, but still, that's not an ideal situation for for an animal like that to be in. So yeah, I haven't had one for for the last few years, unfortunately. But yeah, well, I've missed my dog today. I, I can't believe it actually, because when I set this up, what I about I, your wife. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking about animals. Yes, of course, I miss my wife very much. But, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I—it's funny, isn't it? You, you just just accept that dog as a part of your family. And today, I've I've really felt quite distant from him. I can't wait. He's in that room 
just there asleep and it's like I can't wait for this to end for that one thing that's the only thing I'm really looking forward to two things hugging my wife and hugging my dog right? <laughs> yeah you better get that in there she's probably watching <laughs> yeah. yeah I count to that it, yeah same with wife and my little girl um, you know they, they've been here back and forth today but obviously doing this for such a long period of time but you, you take these things for granted don't you you uh, um, yeah, it, uh, it's only when you're uh, removed from that situation, I guess, that you you uh, you, you know you, you begin to notice those things, isn't it? Yeah. So, so tell us a story, Jen, of why you're Father Christmas in July. Oh, oh, well, I don't know if you have this in in the in the UK, but in the states, there's a Christmas in July is a fairly common thing. Like stores will have sales, and there will be different giveaways. So I'm doing a Christmas in July giveaway. It was supposed to be 12 days, like 12 days of Christmas, but I ended up only having 11. So for 11 days, I'm giving away 11 of my favorite sort of carnivore-friendly items. Um, I got all these companies involved, kind of like you got all this set up. I got all this stuff set up with these 11 companies. So every day there's a winner to win one of the items. And then at the end, there's a big grand prize giveaway where one person will win everything from the 11 days. But that means that for 11 days, I'm posting a very promotional reel and nobody's complained. Nobody's complained at all. But I just I'm sure that some of my followers are like, OK, we cannot wait for Christmas in July to be over. We're done with this. <laughs> but they've been troopers for sure. And ton, I mean, every day, hundreds of people enter to win. And it's been really exciting and fun to pick a winner every day. And, you know, whoever wins is really excited. So it's been good. Yeah. And I think that's um you know, the good of you to just go to all that effort to get all these freebies for people. This is it's really, really good. Um, have we got any more questions? I just saw two things flash up. Uh, oh, yes, I am going to be in trouble. Yes, yes. So, uh, yeah. Is that your wife? Oh, no, that's oh, yeah, uh, think, Serena. No, 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 no. My wife went to bed about 10 o'clock, actually. <laughs> so... Um, what do you think? It, what was Carnival giving you? Was the best thing? Hmm. If you could say the best thing about it is this, what would it be? So many things. That's really hard. Um, I would say just simplicity in my life. You know, I no longer have to be stressed out about if I'm going to binge at a party or if I'm going to fit in the clothes that I take with me on a vacation by the end of the vacation or if I can show my legs because of my psoriasis. You know, I don't even really think about going to the grocery store or having food. Like, I just have stuff. I just have meat in the freezer ready to go at all times. And even with social situations, you you guys kind of both mentioned social situations. Like, I'm dating. I go on dates. I don't – there's no stress. Like, I just know if this is a place where they have meat, then I'm going to order the meat. And if they don't, then I'm not going to eat. And – at first, that was a little bit weird a year and a half ago. But now I feel like it's just such a part of who I am that I almost like, enjoy, I just enjoy it. And I enjoy that it's simple and people just know what to expect. And I know what to expect. And I, I love that. Yeah, simplicity is is, is is key to it, I think, because it's very easy to cook, I think, you know, with an air fryer. It's, it's not that difficult or a frying pan. It's it's really, really, really simple. But anyway, Jen, you're, that's, your, that's your time up, I think. Um, is there anything you want to say to people? Mm, if you're watching and you're not sure if you want to do this, I think just just try it. And there's lots of different ways to try it. You know, you can ease in, you can go right in, you can do all the grass fed and grass finished and pasture raised or you can do grocery store even sort of process stuff to start out just just start see how you feel give it like a month see how you feel and your body's going to tell you i need more of this or less of this and you know you're going to find your right fit and you're going to find your people too because there's lots of different influencers out there offering all kinds of different information um and if sometimes it seems frustrating because it's a bit conflicting but it's because we're all just a little different we all have a little different needs so sort of get soak up all that you can get to find your perfect fit brilliant rich have you got a final question 
No, I love that. I think, you know, yeah, fantastic story, fantastic journey. The only thing that I wanted to add was uh, in regards to when you said about, you know, not being able to eat these foods and find it restrictive. Uh, and, that, and that was a comment that, that um, somebody threw at me a long time ago uh, in a social situation. Is You know, they had a bowl uh, of uh, whatever it was, you know, some, some food that, that I couldn't, uh, that I didn't want to eat. Um, and the comment was that you can't eat this, can you? Uh, you know, because you're on keto. And it's, my answer to that was, well, of course I can. I can eat whatever I want. It's just today I'm choosing not to eat that food. And I think when we acknowledge the fact that we can eat whatever we want, it's our choice whether we want to eat that food or not. Mm-hmm. It's not a case of you can't eat anything. You can eat whatever you want. Today I'm choosing not to eat that food. Tomorrow I may decide to eat it. But when we when we decide uh, to think that way, we own that situation. And now it doesn't become um, we're not deprived of anything. Uh, it's it's a choice that we are actively making. Uh, and, and that was the, the mental breakthrough for me um, in regards to combating or help to combat that food addiction, uh, and especially in those social situations. You know, it's, it's my choice. I don't want I can eat whatever I want today and choose not to. Yeah, completely agree. When you're empowered with that mindset, it doesn't feel like deprivation at all. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Your support means the absolute world to me. And if you're enjoying the show, I've got a small favor to ask you. I'd be incredibly grateful if you would consider becoming a supporter and make a small monthly donation. Your contribution will really help to improve the show. I'll be able to improve the software, maybe put a few more episodes out and do many things that I'm hoping to do in the future. Do them a lot quicker. So it's a small monthly contribution. You can cancel at any time and the link is in the show notes. Thanks very much for listening.